You're listening to The Ladies Room. I am Iris St. Moran. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. So by day, we're television news anchors at competing stations in New York. But in real life, we are the best of friends. Okay, so tell our listeners why we decided on The Ladies Room. You know, it's that place where you get yourself together, maybe fix your hair and makeup, tell a secret. Ladies know what I mean. Girl, you know I know what you mean. So you'll get to hear from some phenomenal ladies who are doing phenomenal things across the world. And our goal is to provide inspiration and information. We're on air in the ladies' room. I am so excited. This is finally happening. I know. It's been something that we've been talking about for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah. And so I think the reason this kind of got started, we spoke, let's see, about two years ago at a church, two or three years ago, and we realized, man, we're really good together. Yeah. And we also know that in news, we only have a short period of time to tell a story and to interview people. So we wanted kind of an extended platform to really share stories that are impactful in our community. Yes. And it kind of, um, and it gives us an opportunity to be ourselves a little yes. bit more and um, in a way that we maybe can't do yeah. in TV news, especially mm-hmm. with the kind of um, stories that we have to tell on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So are you excited about this podcast? I'm very excited. Like, just listening to the, to the intro and just picking the music and... Starting a podcast is not as easy as some may think. Not at all. And this (laughs) took, it took us a long time to get started because we had this idea at least a year ago. Oh yeah, more than a year. I feel like we were talking about it for a few years and then actually the planning and the action took like two years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So we're finally doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. I'm excited. Okay, so who is Iris St. Moran? I know who you are, but... Iris St. Moran. What are a few, as you call them, fast facts about Iris? Okay. (laughs) I'm from Boston, born and raised. Y'all, she is a proud Bostonian. Yes. And for any listeners from Boston or know Boston, I am from Dorchester. Born and raised. My mom still lives in Dorchester. Went to John D. O'Brien High School, Emerson College. Uh, What, what, um, what else? Um, I'm an only child. I just adopted a dog less than a year ago. His name is Brady after... um, the greatest quarterback of all time, <laughs> of course, Tom Brady with the New England Patriots. And he literally is the greatest dog. <laughs> and he's so adorable. He is. <laughs> okay, enough about me, Jen. Okay. So, yeah, I'm from really all over. Uh, both my parents were in the military, so we traveled all over the world. I was born in Kansas, but raised in Texas. So I spent the majority of my life in Texas. I'm a true Southern belle, I like to she say. She is a Southern Sunshine belle. Sunshine and sweet tea. That's what I survived <laughs> Uh, And so, yeah, I started, like I said, in Texas. I went to Texas Lutheran University for undergrad and then University of North Texas for grad school. After that, I worked at two stations there, I believe. And then I came to Syracuse, New York. And I love it. The snow, though, I'm still, look, girl, it's a struggle. Every day it is a struggle. But, you know, I think that I've been afforded so many opportunities here, and I've met amazing people like you, and I don't think this podcast, obviously, would have never happened had I not come to Syracuse. So everything works out, and everything happens for a reason. It does work out. Um, One thing I want to talk about, you heard in the intro that in – by profession, we work at competing stations. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we both were like out in the field, we would be out on stories together, not really competing, but we actually 
That's how we became friends. Yes, that is. Yeah. And <laughs> what's so ironic is when I moved here, I knew uh, a mutual person that, that we've known for a few years and she was in Dallas and she had lived up here. And I said, you know, are there any connections you still have in Syracuse? And I think you were included on yes. the email. Yeah. So she sent me a few people and I sent an email out about where can I get my hair done? Because, you know, for us, <laughs> that is the one of the yeah. biggest things. So we kind of had a virtual meeting, but we didn't put two two together until we met at a fire at a fire yeah and, and you I, said what'd you say okay because <laughs> i saw i saw jen on tv and actually jason my husband now he was my boyfriend at the time he was like look at that girl there's another black girl because at that point it was just me mm-hmm. um and i don't know if jackie robinson had retired at the time but i was just like so excited I'm yeah like, i was like i can't wait to meet her so i saw her at a fire and i was like Hey, black girl, can we be friends? And, and like, the rest is history, right? And I was like, if she says no, I'll be really embarrassed. Because <laughs> you know how you meet people and you're like, oh, like we should get together. Yeah. And it never, it never happened. Yeah, yeah. But this happened and it kept happening and we just developed a bond. And I think, you know, and that it's rare, you know what I mean? Especially now in a day where women now are more supportive but before it's kind of hard to create those bonds because everybody's competing so I think for me that was just something special that I was able to create here and develop and nurture and it's turned in obviously to this absolutely and I think initially when we like started hanging out people would be like sometimes people are like oh you're like exactly I'm like yeah no legit like yeah she's like my closest (laughs) friend in Syracuse yeah um and so you know, our jobs, no, it's not really, I mean, you know, we go out and get the stories, but in real life, like, you are, like, the mm-hmm, homie mm-hmm. for life, and so, and I think that's important for women to see that, like, you don't have to be, you can be competitive in your job, but you don't have to be competitive to the point where you're, like, knocking another person, or you can't be friendly, exactly. or say hello, because I feel like having you as a friend like, I'm a better person, and, yeah. like, y- your friendship has opened me up to a lot of opportunities. I have met a lot of people through you and um, just different um, experiences, and so that's one thing I hope people can take away mm-hmm. that, like, you know, yeah. you, you know, women aren't all catty and, exactly. you know, and I was, Yeah, and I would say vice versa, you know, your wisdom definitely has helped me through a lot of situations, and so I think it is important to just really develop those relationships, and who knows, you know, we never knew at the time when we met, we would be doing a podcast together, you know, mm-hmm. and so I think that, yeah, it's just developed into a beautiful thing, which is good. So how did you get started in news, the crazy business of television news? Um... I guess uh, there's like two ways. So I got public speaking experience as a child in church doing, you know, at church we would do Easter speeches and Christmas speeches. And so at five years old, I was standing in front of a group, like an audience Mm -hmm. of people in church. So I got over my fear of speaking in public at a very early age. And we had to like read um, scriptures in front of people. So that's where I got a lot of my like, that's actually where I got my initial public speaking training. So when it was time for me to be in school and like present projects to the class, I wasn't afraid because I had gotten over that. All of that. At a very, can you tell that story? I like the story that you tell about you always would practice. And if you got one word wrong, you would literally start back over. Yeah. So I don't know where I got this from because it's not something my mother like instilled in me as far as like being a perfectionist but 
I would practice and practice and practice and practice. And like, I would make her sit her down and say, mom, I'm ready to go over my Easter speech um, or poem. And so I would recite the poem all the way through. If I messed up on the very last syllable <laughs> of the very last word, I would start over from the beginning and do it all the way through until I didn't mess up. Um, and so she's just like, it's, she would always be like, it's okay. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. But it come time on Easter Sunday, yeah. if I messed up, my whole day was ruined. Oh, and so like, yeah. but it wasn't something that she was like, it was just something in me where mm-hmm. it was just like, uh, but literally it was like, my whole day would be ruined. Yeah. Like yeah. it didn't matter how pretty my Easter dress was <laughs> or my Christmas sh- patent leather shoes. Like my day was ruined. Because, yeah. If you messed up on anything. Oh yeah. my goodness. So you did that way. And then eventually. Yeah. It just, um, public speaking and writing was just something that I was always interested in um in journalism and just being on top of uh public events and watching people like oprah winfrey um our do queen. it yes our queen and ho- oprah if you want to be a guest on the ladies yes. the open invitation <laughs> somebody <laughs> who knows oprah please let her know this so like i always kind of wanted to be like talk show hosts on the side but i just felt like journalism matched a lot of my talents because I was just naturally curious asked a lot of questions um as a kid so I went to like I said I went to Emerson College I studied broadcast journalism and yeah my first job was at New New England Cable News also known as NBC Boston now they got I got my start there um and they really helped me um get to where I am now and Mm -hmm. now I'm at um Spectrum News owned by Charter Cable here in Syracuse. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, for me, I mean, I didn't initially want to be a journalist. I wanted to be a pediatrician, but then I realized when you faint at the sight of blood, yeah, I, you <laughs> yeah. cannot go into any field dealing with medicine. So anyway, that dream was short-lived. And then I wanted to be, I had a very specific dream of being the dean of students at Spelman College because I love HBCUs. I didn't go to HBCU, but I just love their mission and, and what they do uh, for our people. And so I wanted to do that. And I love higher education too. Um, and that's still something that maybe eventually I would want to get into in some capacity. But then I said, I love to write. I love to meet new people. I ask questions like none. I mean, people get annoyed with me because I ask so many questions. You know, you're just curious. And that's mm-hmm. a part of being um, a good journalist. And so for me, I said, I love to write too. And I, I just love all of these things. What can I do? And I remember just watching a lady on television in San Antonio, Bridget Smith. And she was just how Beyonce is to us. She was like my Beyonce at that age. She was just a powerhouse journalism journalist. And so I really looked up to her and I said, you know what, one day I definitely want to, uh, to be like her. And so I pursued this and never really looked back. I studied communication studies and then I went on to graduate school cause I felt I just needed more training and I couldn't find a job. And we know and we'll get into that later. It is so hard to find a job. And then when I went to grad school, I got an internship, and that led me uh, to my very first job. And for both of us, I mean, we started behind the mm-hmm. scenes, at the bottom. I know for me, I was living below poverty level because we I was only making, I think, maybe 15000 I was not making a lot of money, you know. But you know we have to sacrifice to, to work our way up. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got my start in the industry. 
Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever meet the the woman that inspired you? Yes, and ironically, I met her at church. And anyone who knows me knows I'm a church girl. So one of a missionary that was staying with us. So my dad was a pastor. Uh, one of the missionaries that was staying with us, he preached at a different church. And so I looked over, and Bridget had she was a black woman, but she had long blonde hair, long blonde weed. Bridget was beautiful. So I saw and I looked at her. She was playing the piano. I said, she looks so familiar. And then she turned around and I just about lost it. And so I met her and she was so gracious. And I think for me, that really solidified just, you know, my interest in in being a journalist and being about the community because she was so involved in the community, uh, so humble too. And so that really kind of set the stage for me in terms of how I wanted to go about my career. So yeah, now Bridget, I think she's in, in LA. But I'd never, I'd, I'd met her that one time, never, you know, we never kept in touch or anything, but she was just very encouraging of me and my career. And back then I was, you know, I, I've always been, I, I was a chubby kid, <laughs> you know, I had my big glasses yeah. and, you know, so sometimes um, people aren't as, because we know we work in a business of aesthetics. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there wasn't a lot of encouragement in, in going into television news. But, yeah, she was very, very encouraging. And she helped me kind of go after that dream. Well, maybe we can talk to Miss Bridget. I know. Maybe she'll be on the show. But yeah. I would love for her to see... Yeah, what she did and, and how that impacted me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Was yeah. there anyone along the way that you feel like really helped and inspired you? Um, actually... Um, Karen, you know, mm, mm-hmm. um, at New England Cable News, she's in um, New Orleans now at WWL. She was in New Orleans before, but the Hurricane Katrina mm. happened. She moved to Massachusetts with her family, and Karen is so sweet. Wow. Um, she always like critiqued my stuff, and so what I say is, I interned at New England Cable News. Um, I did everything there. I wasn't a reporter's intern, but I did have the opportunity to go out with reporters. But, you know, I ran scripts to the anchors and, you know, whatever I could do, um, I offered to do. And then when I graduated from college, I couldn't find a job as a reporter. I was devastated. Yes. But the news director there, um, Tom Melville, was like, come on. And he's like, this will be good experience. And he's like, consider this like getting paid to go to grad school. They had an opening on the assignment desk and the web. So I had two part-time jobs. And then on my days off, I would go out with reporters. Mm -hmm. So I did that for two years to try to hone my craft and get better as a reporter and just hone my skills. And everybody there at New England Cable News helped me. Everybody was invested in me becoming a reporter. So I had that support. But Karen was just so sweet. And, like, she would critique my tapes and um, she would get some, like, the makeup. You know, you get a free sample. She always give you, like, the the free samples of like the <laughs> mascara that I could not afford. Shout out to Karen. <laughs> yes, Karen. Karen Swenson. Um, but she was just so sweet and like you were saying, this this um this field is so um subjective mm-hmm. and sometimes like I never fit them and that's why I think Oprah like had a, a special place for me. Because yes. I never fit the mold of like what I what people see as a TV anchor because I was always a chubby kid didn't have long hair I mm-hmm. was my teeth are a little crooked but I remember one time Karen was looking at my stuff and she was like you're so pretty and I was just like oh my god I like went home and cried mm. but like she doesn't sticks with you. she doesn't yeah. realize that saying something yes like that yeah would have like and I never even told her this so wow. maybe she'll be listening Karen but, will be on the show yes I would day. love maybe we'll go take the show on the road to New Orleans but we still keep in touch on Facebook and she's always sending me 
um, an encouraging word. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom, too. Yeah. She's always like, believe in yourself. You're, she's like, you're so hard on yourself. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, she's yeah. like, there's nobody perfect but Jesus. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> she's right. Yeah. Look, she is right. So just, um, you know, having a, a supportive mother and, mm-hmm. you know, those people that you can look up to and... Definitely. And I think also, you know, for both of us just having amazing mentors, and that's something to this day that I'm grateful for. I know one of my professors in grad school, Nan Goplerud, and she was so hard on me, but it formed me into really, you know, I think I'm kind of an old school journalist because of just everything that she taught me. And it was like, it's a privilege to be in this field. And I know like you always say, if you want to be on television, you can get into acting. But if you want to do news, then just be prepared for everything that's going to come with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for me, Nan Goplerud really told me, you know, this isn't an easy career, but once you get your foot in the door and once you kind of find your way, you'll be on your way. And for me, that's how I feel like it's been ever since. And the, the industry has changed, but at the end of the day, what we do hasn't. Mm-hmm. And we have to hold true to that. And I think that we will continue to be successful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the people I who know. Um, just kind of plant these seeds into young minds and encourage it, encourage them. Because I've had some people like, oh, you should be a producer. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? same here. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of pushed me too, just mm-hmm. to kind of... Um, prove them wrong when I wasn't like milling over their words but I couldn't have asked for like a better first job with every you know I singled out a couple people but there are a lot of people who um helped me get to where I am Mm -hmm. you know which is amazing and I know even my mentor I was recently home in Texas and we we're on the phone for two hours. He's a, a news director in Austin. And so he gave me some advice. He told me things that I didn't want to hear. You know, he was very hard on me. But he hired me as an intern. Uh, and to this day, he hired me for my third, second reporting job as well. And then now, of course, you know, he's just a mentor to me. And he has just really helped guide me and help me navigate through this crazy career that, that we've chosen and, and people think from the outside it's so glamorous oh, and yes. it's anything but. Yes. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, we love it and that's why we, we continue to, to do it. So what does uh, Jennifer Sanders like to do in her free time? Ooh, uh, <laughs> free time. What is, what is that? <laughs> and I think for us, you know, it's hard because I know I work in morning shifts so my, typically my day starts at 2.45 in the morning. And from there, I usually get off probably around 1.30. But then after that, I typically have, you know, events to do with the community. And these aren't always work-related events. Like, I just, I've always, as a child, and I think that's something my parents instilled in me, is just working in the community, helping people, helping young people. I love just working with the young people. Um, And so that's something that I love to do. So if I'm not doing those things... Reading. I'm the only child as well, so I kind of like to be in my own space. <laughs> so I don't really, I like to shop, but I don't really like the crowds at the mall. So I'd rather be at home reading a book, uh, you know, watching something on Netflix, just chilling. Because I think we're on the grind so much when we work. And so if I have a free moment, you will find me on the couch, sipping on some tea and chilling. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um... As of recently, oh, hanging, yes. hanging out with my dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, this is my first, like, dog. I never had a, a pet. I had a bird. Uh-huh. I had a fish, but not a dog. And I used to be scared of dogs. Yeah. And just out of nowhere, I was like, you know what? I want a dog. 
And I went in looking for another dog, but he had already been adopted. Uh-huh. His name was Caramel because I like the candy. Um, <laughs> but Caramel was a puppy, and you got to train a puppy. Uh. So then his name was Grayson at the time. I was like, let me just walk this dog. And I was, you know. And Brady brings so much joy. Like, you, yes, you've met him. Yes, yeah. I mean, you can follow my dog on Instagram. It's yes. every, everyone loves Brady. E V R E R one, the number loves Brady. Brady, yeah. Um, he just, everybody, literally, everybody loves him. Uh-huh. He's just such a treat. Yeah. Such a joy. Definitely. <laughs> and it, no, and he is, I mean, and I think just like today, he'll come in, greet you, you come in. He'll lick you a little bit, jump on you a little bit, and then, you know, go about his day, and, and then he'll tell you bye when you leave, yeah. and so, yeah, no, he's definitely, a good, and like you said, it, it definitely just brings a different element of joy to your life, especially working a crazy, mm-hmm. you never know what a day could bring, so mm-hmm. having him to come home to, I know, is good. Yeah, and regardless of what your co-workers or the people on the internet, what they say about yeah. you, or your, your relative, <laughs> your husband, your spouse, your boyfriend, oh, your dog, when you come home, is happy to see you. Yeah, yeah. Which is, it's just nice. Yeah, nice to have I that. can count on at least one living being uh-huh, <laughs> is happy uh-huh. to see me. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, hanging out with my dog or, you know, doing some uh, community events, um, just listening to music, watching TV, mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, just finished Seven Seconds not too long ago. Oh, I still haven't watched that. Okay, okay I gotta watch it's that. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Working on this podcast, Yes, honestly. definitely. <laughs> and talking about the podcast... What is it that you hope, you know, we have already interviewed some very phenomenal guests. I mean, I I was shocked just how we were able to just delve into this and really get some big name people, you know? And so I think it's really going to set the tone for where we go. But what do you hope that our listeners get from this podcast? Um, I think um, that we are all more alike than we are different. Mm, um, and then also just everybody, Robert Roberts has a podcast. Yeah. She, hers is everybody has something, but like everybody does have something mm-hmm. and has overcome something. And I feel like as we say, it's, you know, we want to be a source of inspiration and information. So yeah. I feel like these women telling their stories, whatever they want to share with us, I feel like they will show other people like, you know, I've gone through what you're going through Mm -hmm. and this is something like you can get over, you know, it gets better or, you know, look what showing, highlighting what they have uh, accomplished or some of the good things that they're doing. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And I, for me, like I'm a girl's girl. I love being around women. I know some women are like, oh, you know, I don't really like to hang with women. I just like, but no, like I love just being around women and being uplifted. And I think, there's so many phenomenal stories that women have that no one would ever know. And I think us interviewing these people, we kind of see, we dig beneath what we see on that surface level and really get to know them as human beings. And like you said, knowing the obstacles they've overcome to get where they were. And one of our guests that we've interviewed, she inspired me. And I, I won't, I don't, well, we won't give it no, away. No, we won't give it away. Yeah, we won't give it away. The next episode, yet. tune in. Yes, you definitely want to tune in. And I said, everyone needs a blank, insert her name, in their yeah. life. That's how inspiring she was. And after we finished the podcast, I think that we both kind of, you know, our perspectives changed on different things. And she really encouraged and uplifted us. So I hope that people leave this feeling encouraged, uplifted, and ready to take on the world. Like women... Who runs the world? Girls. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like you go into the ladies room, you look in the mirror, you fix yourself up. Yes. So, and afterwards, you walk out 
feeling right? good, feeling girl. Good. And so that's that's the what we want the ladies room yes. to be. And I'm so excited about just this lineup of people and it's not going to be everyone who's like well known there are people in your community Mm -hmm. people next to you who um who live next door to you maybe your co-worker you know or neighbor who has you know an interesting story and so we want to highlight those women as well yeah definitely definitely what is something uh a challenge in your life that you face that you feel like you know what I overcame that and now I'm able to share my story about that and really help other women Mm. I know we face a lot of a lot of challenges think about that answer your question yeah okay okay okay. so I think for me just getting into the the news industry I was so discouraged because I was applying I mean I was on the grind like applying and I'm sure you know you were too as well 50 plus jobs a week cold calling places, knocking on, literally showing up at stations, using my last to drive two hours just to get to a station to try to meet with someone, uh, to please say, please hire me. Like I will work hard. I know I'm not the best reporter, but I'll work hard and, and I'll give you, uh, what you need and then some more. And so for me, it took me a good two plus years to find a job in the industry reporting. I mean, I was working behind the scenes as a web producer and an associate producer, but finally my first boss, my reporting boss, I was a one man band and he took, he took a chance on me. My tape was not that good, (laughs) but Anthony, yeah, he took a chance on me at KXII in Sherman, Texas. And from there, like, I feel like I really truly overcame the challenge of not feeling that I belonged in the news industry, feeling like I wasn't pretty enough or my voice, you know, was this. And those are still some kind of insecurities that I struggle with to this day just because you were, you know, I was so beat down before. But then it's like I was given that chance and a chance to prove myself. And I feel like I've done pretty well because starting as a one-man band and then working my way up to now a morning news anchor, it's like never in a million years would I have imagined. And I know a lot of other people wouldn't have imagined either. But, uh, you know, we serve a good God. And I think hard work, dedication, and just persistence is so important. And that can just really get you anywhere that you, yeah, want to get. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, so you said the one challenge or a yeah, challenge? Yeah, a challenge that you overcame that, that you feel like, because sometimes I'm a true believer that we go through things not only for ourselves, but really to help other people. And so now for both of us, I mean, we're paying it forward. We're helping these young journalists now who maybe feel like, oh, well, I'm not pretty enough or, oh, my skin might be strong, you know, dealing with those mm-hmm. things and we're able to, to help them. Yeah. Well, I have a one in mind, but I'm not at, God is working with me to get okay. to the point, to the where, point. I, where yeah. I want to share that, but kind uh-huh. of, um, uh, when I'm ready for that testimony, y'all, yeah. y'all, um, <laughs> <laughs> lives will be changed, get, y'all transformed. Grab, grab a seat. Yeah. But I think, um, one, and this is some, you know, um, a work in progress, but just being afraid. Ooh. And, um, like, I, fear is very paralyzing. Yes. And I've definitely missed out on opportunities mm-hmm. because I was afraid to apply. Ooh. Like, what are you Say afraid of? for the people in the So back. they're like, like, I had a resume tape ready to go, but yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't think they're going to call back. Mm-hmm. How do I, but how do you know if you don't? Exactly. I literally feared myself out of applying wow. for things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but everything works out the way it's supposed to in the end, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I feel like where I am right now, I've been given many opportunities yeah. and 
opportunities that I didn't even expect yeah. to, to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, this anchoring opportunity um, that I have right now that I'm so grateful for. But not even just that, just like just different things of just like being afraid and just like speaking, being afraid to like speak up, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes like one thing I can think of was like when I figured out like speak up, like it's amazing what you can do and like what you can, what can happen when you open your mouth mm-hmm. and ask, you yeah. know what I mean? When you Power get, of your voice. Yeah, yeah. When you get over like the fear of like, well, what if they want to say no? Mm-hmm. Well, if they say no, you're going to be right where you are. Yeah. But if they say yes, you know, and that's not just for a job mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe you're looking for a raise or maybe you're speaking up about an issue mm-hmm. that's important or you want something to be changed or um, just something like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, fear is very because I literally like have been in situations where I just like I'm so afraid I can't even mm. think about it. Yeah. You Do know? you still feel like you deal with that? Because I, I, I see you as fearless. Well, in, in many situations, I will say. I learned to do it afraid. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? Do it afraid. Do it. Girl, write that. That could be a title, but y'all can't take that. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> no, but she, that's, she's that's real. She's still scared. Uh-huh. She'll, you know, you may not see her shaking in her, her boots uh-huh. or her shoes, but she's doing it afraid. Yeah, you know, so... Um, if you can, if anybody has tips on how to just get over just the fear of, mm-hmm. the, you know, I guess it's probably the fear of the unknown. Yes. But, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I'm excited. I mean, we're going to obviously, like we said, be talking to some phenomenal women, y'all. Like, you will want to tune in because these people have really changed the trajectory either in news or in uh, fashion, modeling, and I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> but they've changed really the world with just everything that they're doing. So we're excited about we this excited. podcast and we hope that you join us on this journey and we know that you'll be inspired and empowered through it. All right. That's a wrap. Let's keep the conversation going. Connect with us on social media using the handle onairtlr. And of course, if there's a lady you want us to interview, just let us know. We'll chat again soon in the The Ladies Room. Room.